Hi everyone, uh, welcome to the second in our series of uh, Tribe webcasts or podcasts. Um, we're doing these in the run-up to peak 2020 um, and who knows what that is going to look like. Um, Tribe, as hopefully you know, are um, web performance experts um, helping me to making digital journeys faster and error-free. Uh, we're joined today by uh, Julian um, from Fastly. Um, Julian, would you like to give a, a quick intro to yourself and Fastly? Sure. Thanks for uh, having me, Alistair. So I'm Julian Maingard. I head up the uh, sales engineering team at Fastly. Uh, and Fastly is what we call an edge compute platform. Um, it is uh, essentially a more modern approach to the traditional CDN model. Um, uh, essentially a globally distributed private network that enables uh, caching and processing of applications uh, closer to your end users, uh, delivering a faster and uh, more scalable uh, performance for your applications. Uh, very topical, of course. Um, Indeed. So yeah, um, as I said at the top, we are, um, we're doing these in a lot to peak. Um, and obviously it's a critical time for, for retailers um, in normal circumstances, um, but this year is, um, is a year like no other. So we were keen to understand from Fastly's perspective, and the, uh, the conversations you're having with your clients and, and the market in general, um, Black Friday and, and peak in the golden quarter, um, how you see that being different um, from, from previous years. Obviously we've, we've seen things like, um, you know, the products doing very well during lockdown, garden furniture, pizza ovens, uh, you know, DIY. Bicycles. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, so that's one aspect. But is there anything else you guys are, are hearing um, that is, is you know, going to be significantly different? Sure. So I think um, you're absolutely right. The, the e-commerce space certainly has, uh, has taken a um, uh, a boom from from the, the COVID situation. Um, this this peak traffic uh, period, which we typically see as uh, Black Friday, uh, is commonly known within e-commerce uh, as as kind of peak window. Um, however, as you say, there's there's a, a ton of other industries who are now, um, due to the the social situation that we face, having to have had to pivot and and kind of end up with a, an online presence. Generally. The, the peak window is, is due to sales season at the same time to some extent. Um, however, with more businesses driving uh, online sales than they would on premise, uh, you might find that um, the, those sales are extended to, to a greater range of products, uh, a greater um, number of companies all wanting to get into the, the kind of sales season. But even uh, organizations like um, education and uh, medical uh, are all having to uh, essentially uh, extend their uh, their platforms and services to be able to be available online. While these might not have a, a similar peak profile uh, to, to e-commerce, I think certainly the things that we need to consider here are, are really also going to apply to them in the long term too, as everyone needs to kind of build out their systems for this new world. Absolutely. What do you think, or what are you advising um, your your customers to look out for ahead of this peak. Are there any any gotchas, any any things that you're encouraging them to do differently, or maybe you've encouraged them to do already, but um, it's more front and center now. Sure. So I mean, it's it's no surprise that uh, our organization has always uh, espoused the values of 
performance uh, and scale. I mean, these are the things that everyone, the two primary things that everybody wants out of an online experience. Uh, does it work? Um, can it keep working while I'm using it? And uh, is it going to slow me down trying to do what I want to do? Um, so I, I think everything really is a derivative of those two, uh, those two key features, making sure that your users have a great experience, um, keeps them happy, um, and that your service is available. And uh, certainly one of the things that you need to be concerned about uh, is, is really making sure that these um, two uh, aspects are, are maintained, especially during peak traffic. During peak traffic, it becomes harder to run uh, a positive experience uh, just because the amount of resources uh, essentially increases uh, exponentially. And, and most applications, while they may work fairly well, uh, during normal traffic windows, when you start to stress out a, an application with uh, large amounts of uh, volume, uh, additional requests, uh, wider range of products that you're trying to um, to deliver, uh, these all use up resources and can either affect the user experience, slowing things down, or in fact stop working uh, entirely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the you've got to understand where those bottlenecks are. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, by, by calling them out early as well. Don't, don't leave it to the last minute. Um, test them. Uh, make sure you know what you need to do to remedy it. Um, Definitely. Key and, things to look out for really are, um, you know, what, what are the regions? Where are your hotspots? Uh, typically, if you're a global application, what are your kind of key markets? Um, and what is the kind of traffic levels that you typically see from there? But then also going a little bit further than that, you would be uh, starting to look at what are emerging markets. You know, now that more people have been, uh, are consuming online, are you going to see hotspots bubbling up that perhaps you didn't see before? More people are um, interacting via devices. Uh, are you supporting a range of devices? Will some of them not be supported? Will some of them have a slower experience? If more people moved to device-based interaction with your application, are they going to have a poorer experience? Um, and really uh, looking at uh, the ability to sustain uh, browsing behavior versus um, actual conversion and buying behavior. The two of them essentially use up resources very differently. A browsing behavior typically can easily be responded to um, with uh, just simple kind of cache in your site, making sure that uh, your images and your, uh, your page itself stays up. But when you start going into the buying mechanism, you're actually using back office uh, applications. Different sets of resources are being used and those can bottleneck quite quickly. So understanding all of the profiles of those various resource usages is going to give you a much better understanding of how your application is going to hold up during um, uh, peak traffic. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, those are conversations we're having with our um, customers a lot, understanding what that behavior looks like now as well. Um, now that there are these new, uh, you know, lockdown born customers who Definitely. haven't shopped digitally before um, and now are digitally engaged, and how do they shop? Um, are they browsing for longer? Um, or, you know, and typically in Black Friday, if people are going after specific products, the conversion rate you would expect will be higher. Is it, is it going to be higher? What does is, what is that purchase journey look like in terms of volume? Um, and using the data, you have to try and best predict what that looks like. So Definitely. when you're testing those things, um, you're stressing the system in, in the realistic way and identifying um, what, what needs to be done. Exactly. And testing is, is always, I mean, I would, I would always say that testing is, is one of the key things to do. 
make sure that you know your application inside out, uh, throw synthetic traffic at it. If you can throw real user traffic at it, um, it leverage the experience of your peers uh, and any third parties that you're working with as well. So certainly we all, to some extent, um, build applications using third party components, whether it be a kind of a stack or a suite. Um, there will be uh, forums, there will be um, support uh, mechanisms that you can engage with those third parties and, and let them help you understand where weaknesses in, in those stacks may lie. Um, but certainly leverage um, any sort of information you can find and, and understand that as much as you can. And testing uh, is always uh, the most, the best way to do that and have a solid plan to, to discover all the weak points in your application. Yeah, and I guess from an action perspective, what, what are you guys encouraging your, um, your customers to do to give them that confidence and, assur and assurance? Absolutely. So at, at Fastly, some of the things that we do really well is we effectively are um, a private network. We're there to take on the, the load and scale uh, on your application's behalf. So by, by leveraging something like a CDN or an edge cloud, you're effectively uh, allowing that um, resource to, to take the, the bulk of the, the traffic that comes on. And with that in mind, to, to use that most efficiently obviously cache as much as you can, generally uh, being able to, to cache all of your resources, your, your, even your dynamic pages, um, rather than just the images and stuff like that, you will reduce bottlenecks. Even caching things like APIs, the ability to um, cache an API response, even something that lasts about five seconds and then is refreshed, you can do that with Fastly with the ability to uh, invalidate uh, within 150 milliseconds meaning that even things that you couldn't cache before can now be stood up uh, on a CDN that can handle a huge amount of um, uh, simultaneous users trying to interact with your site. And it takes that pressure off of your uh, application. Uh, any redundancies that you have uh, in your uh, back office application, things that mean that you've got a, a disaster recovery site, uh, you can load balance that. Uh, you can use Fastly as an edge load balancing that is aware of uh, context in each response. If you've got a microservices application or even just a server farm that you need to um, load balance through, you can, you can use load balancing to, to help your application stand up longer, even for things like a, a massive amount of people trying to buy a single product at the same time. Um, the ability to uh, scale via API, if you have uh, like a cloud-based infrastructure, you can essentially scale that in a very, very short amount of time um, and then have the CDN respond via API uh, to include those additional resources uh, in a larger pool of load balance. It means that your application and your application front end can scale um, almost instinctively with the amount of load that you're getting. So these are the sorts of things uh, will, will improve your ability to handle huge amounts of traffic. Other things include um, resource efficiency, you know, if you're serving to different uh, device types, make sure that you're resizing uh, images and things like that uh, that are appropriate for that device, uh, lessening the bandwidth that you're having to um, send out and, and essentially uh, creating a, a tailored experience for each user. These are efficiencies that also um, require less resources from your application as well. Um, and these are the things that, um, that essentially create a greater ability to, to make throughput from your application and deliver the, the service that you need to with a, a happy customer at the end more possible yeah 
Absolutely. Obviously, it's interesting talking to, to you guys from, um, from an edge perspective and having been in the, the performance space a long time. Um, keen to hear your views on uh, performance testing, um, you know, a stack, particularly from a CDN perspective. Um, you know, testing, testing through CDN versus testing direct um, to right. origin. Um, what, what, what's your view on that? So I would say um, t t load testing via a CDN uh, generally is, uh, can be uh, a poor use of resources. CDNs are generally designed to, to scale to huge amounts of volume. So throwing a, a ton of traffic synthetically at, at a CDN that is designed to um, take on a lot of traffic will will really not give you a lot of useful information on where the bottlenecks in your application are typically you know serving cacheable images uh, throwing a ton of traffic to a cdn you'll just get lots of um, successful responses you won't see any bottlenecks there it's when you're trying to kind of find gaps in in the delivery so what are the the kind of the the resources that don't scale very well you're looking at things like your database you're looking like at, at our connections to the origin you're looking at the amount of bandwidth that the origin is provisioned to deliver out. Those are the things that a single serving infrastructure can't scale very well, unless you're using something in the cloud, which is great, but uh, also a, a CDN is designed to be able to handle millions of parallel requests. It's designed to be able to deliver a ton of bandwidth. It'll all be provisioned in advance. What you really want to do with a load testing strategy is try and hit the, the parts that don't scale well throw a bit of load to it. You can either bypass the CDN um, and go directly to the application, implying that the, the CDN will effectively handle X percent of your load, or it may you may even say, all right, well, we only want to channel it to aspects that we know are, are bottlenecks, known bottlenecks already. So you can kind of tailor it between discovery of bottlenecks, uh, throwing um, larger amounts of load, seeing where slowdowns occur first, um, but then also um, directly hitting weak points to see where that actual fail point uh, exists. So knowing both of those aspects are really it. So you want breadth and depth uh, in terms of how to, to discover where the, the gaps are and how deep they are. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about peak, obviously, because it's almost upon us. I guess it is upon us pretty much. Um, but the other thing we're having a lot of conversation around both both internally and externally is that digital engagement is um, is probably here to stay. Yes. So, um, looking a bit longer term, are there any conversations you're having now um, around that, or is there anything you would um, you know you're, you're seeing generally that's worth um, worth sharing? I think people are reviewing um, key aspects of their design, um, uh, considering this an early stage. Uh, a lot of people have had to uh, pivot. Um, in a very short time frame, and so you'll see those are where the more reactive changes come from. But I would encourage everyone who is uh, either already in the online space or um, needing to move uh, more into the online space to, to look at uh, design uh, of, of your application. There are um, a, a number of different ways that you can build in flexibility, scalability, you know, and, and uh, things like uh, having a microservices architecture uh, using cloud-based auto-scaling features. Um, these are the sorts of things where if you, even if you can't get that ready for this peak, next year's peak um, is going to be uh, more predictable 
based on the fact that it will be the second run that we have in this sort of uh, climate. If things go back to normal by then, that's great, uh, but I doubt they will. Um, I, think, I think, as you say, it's here to stay. So, so looking at, at how your, um, your systems are able to, to handle additional load, look at the, the optimization of resources within your application um, and, and work on those key aspects starting now, drive performance, look at how your, your users are interacting monitor monitor everything all the way through your stack to see where uh, you can eke out microseconds and milliseconds uh, of performance have a performance budget say i want the site to load that each page to load within this amount of time and i would like this journey to load to be able to be completed within within this amount of time um, iterate fast and create um, continuous integration cycles that allow you to to make small changes often and on a repeatable and continuous improvement journey. That's what I would say. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, obviously that that um, speaks well into what we we talk about. Um, focus on the journey, the the customer journey is is all the way through um, through the site, not just coming to your home page. Um, exactly. Not just hitting a single product page. It's it's engaging with the site and 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 buying things. Um, on your site, and and I think they have to be aware that if they're if they're not doing it, everyone else will be doing it. So uh, you, they, they must be in a position where they're improving this stuff. Um, exactly. The customers stay engaged. Have you got any uh, final closing thoughts you'd like to share? Yes, um, I think certainly. Just uh, to summarize all of the the points that we've uh, raised today, I would say the there's kind of. Uh, four things that come to mind. One is uh, to, to know your application limits, understand uh, where it will uh, survive and where it will struggle. Um, uh, that's through the testing methodology we discussed. Um, leverage third-party expertise where applicable. Um, that means, you know, talk to, to, to peers, um, know who your vendors are and where they can help you. Um, and really the idea that applications that scale and can adapt quickly are at lower risk of failing. Uh, in short, I would say these all kind of roll into the idea of be prepared to succeed. What happens if suddenly everybody wants what you have? Can you deliver it to them? Absolutely. That's a great closing thought. Um, so, Julian, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, so thanks for being, thanks for allowing me to, uh, to join you, Alistair. It's been really good. Yeah, excellent. We'll speak to you again soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.